You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And we're done. <laughs> yes. Um, do you like, uh, what do you call it? I don't know. Ear hole things. What do you, you call mean it? the ear hole where I have sound going into my head? Yes, I'm fond of those. Do you mean the holes that people slowly, gradually make in their earlobe? Yes, I like those Disfigurements. as well. Disfigurements. It's not a disfigurement, but I do like them, yeah. It's just a piercing, but they stretch it out over time. African tribe-based. Uh, I suppose. That's where it came from, I think. I think they're horrible. I can't look at people's heads who've got them. <laughs> I don't mind them at all. It, it, it goes through me like it's like, ugh. Yeah, but I have pierced ears and it doesn't bother you. I don't particularly like... In fact, a couple, like last week or sometime, I couldn't get one of my earrings off and you were right in there ready to get in there and, and my got, ear was all... I got some pliers on the back of... My ear was all red and irritated and you're like, oh, I can get that off of there. <laughs> I got the pliers on the back of the... Uh, you thing. did? No, I don't like the stretchy ear thing. That's all I was saying. I just... Uh, it's kind of gross. It's like ear flaps. Ear meat. What? It's like bits of meat hanging off your face, off your earlobe. That's what your earlobe is, I suppose. Shucky. No, it doesn't bother me. I don't. Um, I, I don't have a problem with most adornments that people choose to do to their bodies. To be honest, because it's their body. Now, what I have a problem with is body odor. I don't, I don't like body odor. Is that anything to do with it? I don't know if people design themselves to smell bad, or if they decide they're they don't want to be part of the culture and go with all these chemicals and stuff like that. Yes, they do. Some people do. But the thing is, if you have stretched earlobes or piercings all over your face or tattoos all over your face and your body that doesn't it doesn't affect to me you know what i mean like i actually like it i feel like it's art and it's part of your expressing yourself it's just more permanent at all right but when you smell bad it affects me it makes me kind of grossed out and so you can do whatever you want to your face and body pretty much Are you, is this your rules yeah you're saying <laughs> You're saying do For what all you want, of the but, world. but wash. Yes, yes. Express yourself however you choose, except if you choose to be stinky as a way of self-expression. All right, so it's uh, <laughs> Sunday, June the 26th, 2011. I feel like you've shoved me right up here on the microphone like I'm too close. No. It's Sunday, June the 26th, 2011. This is after the show number 178. <whistles> and the movie we're going to be looking at this week is Red Riding Hood. It's a Blu-ray release, 2011 movie. Released on Blu-ray and DVD, and Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy, combo pack, which is what we're looking at, on the 14th of June, which was... A while ago. A couple of weeks ago. What, one week ago? Um, What's today? 26, 12 days. Yeah. So last week. Uh, <laughs> week before last. DVD Tuesday last week, right? Week before that. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's on Blu-ray. It's a PG-13 movie. Um, the tagline is, for this movie, I'm going to say the tagline for movies every week. And this won't be fun, right? This, this isn't one. to guess, because you already know it's for this movie. <laughs> the tagline is, who's afraid? Which is a good tagline, actually. Um, and it's from our friends at Warner Brothers, and you're going to give us the synopsis on this movie, Red Riding Hood. I will try not to, to um, tinge my synopsis with my opinion yeah don't it is That's not the, the story of the wolf and red riding hood 
This is, <laughs> this is awesome synopsis. You tell me to brief it up. I'm briefing it up. And it is, as the pretentious people like to say, a modernized retelling of the tale of Little Red Riding Hood. There's a wolf. She's not so little. There's a village. Um, there's a red cape with a hood. And there's a wolf. <laughs> and she's not very little. She's big red riding she's hood. She's a young girl. I mean, she's young. She's not a girl, but... All right, so... Uh, That's the, why it's called Red Riding Hood, not Little Red Riding Hood. Correct. The movie Red Riding Hood, as the um, cover of the movie uh, is saying from the director of Twilight, quite openly there. Um, okay. I love the story of Red Riding Hood. i got to say, you know, the actual nursery rhyme... Uh, the tale. Not nursery rhyme, the tale. Yeah. Um, as we learn today, I always think of it as a Grimm's... A Grimm's Tale, but it's actually predates Grimm. They just they actually updated it for their um, correct. So they were uh, they just manipulated somebody else's story. But anyway, I've always liked the story. You know, it was obviously told to me as a kid. There was lots of cartoons on the TV, nursery rhyme, whatever. There's different tellings of Red Riding Hood. Always liked the story. I think it's a really cool story. It's dark. It's grim, right? <laughs> but um, it was grim before it became grim. Yeah. So, yeah, I have really liked And when I saw the trailer for this movie a couple of weeks ago, I said to you, I really want to see that, because Red Riding Hood, I, I think somebody could really do a good job of Red Riding Hood. And you know what I said? I hope it's as good as I want it to be. Yeah. And, you know, I saw Gary Oldman, and it, you know... Looked... I feel like this is leading up to something that's not a raving review. Um, I just, I didn't like it. I didn't either. I, I, what I felt was, um, and I'm all for this kind of, I, I, mm-hmm. I, you know... What I felt about it was, I'm not the demographic for it. I felt like it was being made for a particular age group, whatever, Twilight audience, as you might see how they're trying to sell it on the cover. Um, and it just, it just wasn't that interesting. I, most of the time, I was kind of like, this is really mediocre all the time, like. Most of the time, like, all the time. <laughs> like a t- like it feels like a TV show a lot of the time. Melodrama's really boring. Um, I couldn't give a shit about like the love triangle shit that they're do- dealing with. Um, Gary Oldman came into town. When he first came into town, I thought, okay, the movie's going to get better now. Gary Oldman's here. Gary Oldman also he elevated it slightly, but not very much. He was kind of just going through the motions, I thought. Yeah. Um, Special effects, which this kind of movie relies on to be really cool. The wolf was kind of shitty. I liked the environment they were in. Oh yeah, <clears throat> that was the only part. The only thing I didn't, <clears throat> the only thing that bothered me about the environment is it's like um, going to a Renaissance a fair. Yeah, like a soundstage. It's like someone's romanticized vision of a Renaissance fair, and now they're trying to use that as a representation of. Yeah. This place in time. Well, on the upside, I, I liked how it was shot. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, there was some interesting camera stuff. I liked how, how actually the look of it in general, just the look of it. Like it, it had this soft focus thing, it had really bright colours. Obviously, her cloak was oversaturated, so it stood out in the snow, which it, most of it took place in the snow. I like that. I like some of the actors. Hardly any of it was in the snow. It only snowed near the end. There was a lot of snow hanging around in that village. There was no. a lot of snow falling too. At the end, near the end. 
No, in the in the. Honestly, because I remember noting that it looks like CGI snow, and that was near the end. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it was near the end. It was no, there was the snow thing. in that village. Even when in, when he came into town, there was snow. There's piles of snow up against the houses. Hmm. Um, but snow or not, whatever. Um, I liked the contrast of that. There's some good actors in there. I just don't think you know. Like, there's quite a lot of good actors. There's um, Amanda Seyfried, who I really like. Gary Oldman, who I really like. Julie Christie, who's awesome. Um, Virginia Madsen, mm-hmm. who is awesome. There's just a lot of good people in there, but nobody's really got anything to work with, I don't think. And no one was good. No, to my, were, my opinion. Well, they, we know they're good. Yeah, exactly. But they, there's just nothing to... It was really wooden and really, really poorly executed. I mean, there were a couple of moments, a couple of conversations, where the rhythm of the conversation was completely off. Like... The dude said something, the other dude barely reacted, then the other guy just kept on with this dialogue in a way... It's like he was just reading out the script without having the other person... Like he was going, oh, I'm going to read through my lines now. Blah, 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 And the other person's supposed to be reacting. And I I really felt like, oh dear, I was embarrassed a little bit at that point, but I thought... Now, we haven't seen the Twilight movies, so we don't really know the vibe she goes for in these movies. What And like I say, I just feel it's like we're not the demographic for it, and maybe teenagers will lap this up. You know, it's like all, you know. Yeah, but I Am Number 4 is also, I think, steered toward that sort of late teen demographic. I think and it is. that was loads better. It's what makes me frightened about... They're making a Hunger Games movie, oh. a novel that I've read. I mean, it's coming out next year... It makes me a little bit frightened of the Hunger Games movie because the books are really awesome. I mean, I, I recommend the books to anybody, but they're they're teenage books, right? Do you feel like it'll be dummied down? I feel like so, I feel like they might try and like well, Twilight works, so make it like that, like make it romantic, make it over the top kind of for teenagers. I don't under, I don't know what. Teenagers but I, don't, I disagree with you. I think teenagers are way smarter than this. I think they are, but I think Hollywood doesn't think that. That's what I'm saying. It dummies it down. Hollywood Not for um, teenagers, but for this like like even the director when she was talking, no disrespect intended, but she seemed a little bit loopy. Like even her mind is a little too romanticized. I mean, that's what it is. It's 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 But almost, it comes off really poor. It comes off really soap opera-ish to me. And I'm not, I'm not saying yes. I'm not saying there aren't when we watch a soap opera that is actually got some good acting in it. But I'm saying <laughs> is like a Mills and Boone novel. I don't know if you have those uh-huh. here, like romantic novels that people read. Um, I don't know what you call them. Like you mentioned, the love triangle where you're supposed to be torn. Yeah, between, and you're supposed to be all swooning reading yeah. it. And like, oh my god, this guy's so handsome, and oh god, I can I can't. Oh, take and this. I absolutely yeah. I despised. The but lead I think that's guy. the vibe, and I, I I will never fall for that stuff, and I don't think you will either. You're the wrong person for that. For to be in, I mean, you're not gonna like you say you didn't like the dudes. Oh, absolutely not. I, in fact, as soon as the the main guy. Like, from the beginning, she's telling that she's been friends with this dude forever, and now she loves him or whatever as a, in their late teens. I He moves in that, like, Hollywoody, young, handsome And he's guy, from Twilight, too. And he swoons a little when he walks, and he's... Like, you pointed out, they had hair gel in his hair, like that... Actually, that, that is a fun, that's thing. a funny thing. That... And every time he looked at her, or looked at anybody, he did that, like... Like, I'm trying out for a movie, so this is, like, my pouty, brooding, 
uh, uh, and I just was like, I mean, seriously, every time he came on now the screen, can, you, I did not want him to speak. I didn't want to interact with him. I just wanted him to die. But you could also um, put Amanda Seyfried in that category, too, because she did it, too. She was doing what he was doing a lot. And I like her, but she was doing a lot of pouty stuff. And but she doesn't move and give that vibe of... Like that wannabe, cool, hip Hollywood actor thing. She, because I've seen her in other things, and I feel like she's toned down. I almost feel like she had to lower herself in a lot of these scenes, to be honest with you. Because mm. she tries to be a little bit more meaty and a little bit more dark and a little bit more... Uh, and everyone else is real flat and like... I mean, I love Virginia Madsen as well. I've loved her since... Oh, forever and ever. I actually don't... It's not the people... It's like the story's really flat, though. And, that, and you know, it basically turns into a whodunit kind of thing in this village. And did you care? N- not really. And, and what I was... Uh, the only good thing I could say is what my... You know, when it turns into a kind of a whodunit, who is this wolf, etc. What I thought it was, it wasn't that. So there's a good thing, I guess. You know, it was a surprise to me what it actually was, because it wasn't what I thought it was. Right, and it was exactly what I thought it was. Was it? From almost the very beginning. Like, See, I, so within, I think it was in the first 15 minutes, and I was like, hmm. But they did, an int- they did some interesting things with Gary Oldman, I thought. I mean, I'm not saying he was amazing, and, and I'm saying it was interesting what they did to him in the story. Really? Yeah, because... Oh, I disagree completely. I found it just awful. No, I, really I, I actually no, I, I that was one of the parts I really liked. I mean, not to spoil it, but yeah, I won't spoil it either. I'm just saying, not just. I mean, the it doesn't. That let's happened. just say it doesn't. It's not the Red Riding Hood story, you know. No. In fact, it's almost nothing like the Red Riding Hood story you know and love at all. In the middle of the movie, it becomes something of its own. Like the fact that there's a, a girl with a red thing on and there's a wolf is almost the only similarity. And then there's some really awfully like where she does what big eyes you've got grandma it was embarrassing oh, yeah, that was, embarrassing, yeah. that was totally. it was like yes I know you're going to do the what big eyes you got grandma at some point in this because it's obviously what everybody remembers Red Riding Hood but the way they did it it was just horrible like it was delivered badly it was it was like they finished the whole movie and they go oh shit we forgot that, that one part let's, yeah. let's oh, put it oh, in there it's like oh we forgot oh, um, all the stuff about Red Riding Hood that we were going to make a movie about we actually left most See, of I it. disagree with you on that too I feel like it is the story it's just that they wanted to twist it around enough twisted it too much yeah that's the problem but to me it was still the same story completely not the story I remember well I mean it's still the same though there's a wolf and a girl in a woods it's, and a father and Obviously a there's and a, a lot less to the real story. True, true. Because it's, it's quite basic. Because it's a fable. You know, it's just like blah, 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 But then blah, do we blah, know? Blah. We only know Grimm's tale. Yeah, we, we don't know, know the Grimm's one tale. from the 1600s. And this one has to be more complicated, obviously, because it's a movie, right? If you just did that Grimm's fairy tale, it would be very boring. Oh, and there was that one part where they had like the little festival. Oh my God, that was horrible. Um, You know what I got a vibe of? Oh, it was awful. With the festival and the Matrix. sexy... No, oh. the sexy dancing and shit, like where they're all trying to be dancing yeah. seductively. It was. I had a True Blood moment. It, it was like a, oh, that festival where the a scene was, from True yeah, Blood, where the woman was making yeah, everybody just go trying nuts. to be like all sexy and like yeah. this music and everybody's like you know yeah. And the music was what like Enya or something. I mean, they didn't even try to disguise it as if it were some kind of. It was music modern thing. day music. Yeah. It was like you know goth music, and they or were something. dancing to it. Yeah, it was weird. Seriously, I dislike this movie 
very much. Now, it has mo- it has this glimmer of things that I I wasn't entertained not even once, okay? It did look okay, and I love the setting. I love yeah, the concept. I it felt also felt really I wanted claustrophobic. It to be, yeah, very exactly. It felt very isolated. Yeah. Maybe we're supposed to. I mean, it did. Just, I mean, that actually the best part of the movie is the opening sequence when the credits are rolling, and it's a flyover of yeah. this huge land, and then it then the it lands in this village, and you realize how epic this land is and how remote this village True. is. Um, and then once it gets in the village, you have that idea of well, there's nothing from hundreds of miles around. It's just this big expanse like so I always had that in my mind which was a good call from them because if they wouldn't have shown you that flying I think you'd have just not realised so much you know because you know she goes to grandma's house obviously the thing which, is which though, is grandma's house seems suspiciously even though it's supposed to be she talks about it being out in the woods it's right there it seems like it's like Rowling three trees away yeah. <laughs> doesn't it really and it's a little too perfect it's a little yeah. too storybook looking it's grandma's um, house from the from the, a picture from your kid thing. It's just... They just did it. Replicate. And I honestly... I wouldn't even say... This is made for teenagers. It's made for teenagers who have... That flighty... Weird... Extra romantic... Dramatic thing in their mind. And that's not all of them. I think there are a lot of teenagers... So much smarter and above this kind of movie making. Uh, really, I, I can't think of anybody I'd recommend it to, to be honest. Well, that's not true. I know about four people. I I'm guess. sure there's a demographic for it, and we're not it, and we don't really know that demographic. I disagree with you. I don't think there's a whole group. I don't think you can say all 16 to 20 year olds will like this, or all people who like Twilight, or all people who like True Blood, or any of that. Do you think people who like Twilight would like this, though? I don't. I mean, know it's, them got all. Their, it's got that. It's got the it's got the the men of Twilight in it. It's got she's in Twilight, right? I, I'm assuming. I think it's only the people who are hardcore obsessed with it. Directed by Twilight Lady. It, I, I, I'm guessing it's for them. And with me not being... I, yeah, but we identify with other movies that aren't made for us. We yeah, like but, kid movies. We like I Am Number 4. We liked... But they have a... See, I Am Number 4 when I was watching it. And as I said in the review, I often felt I'm not a member of the audience. I'm not supposed to be watching this, yet I am enjoying it. Yeah, we enjoyed it. I mean, it's not it. for me. That's why I said I got no enjoyment But I did get the movie. feeling of it's not for me quite a few times. Like, obviously, it wasn't made with me in mind, a 41-year-old male. <laughs> but I still, like you said, got an enjoyment out of it. And that had its fair share of cheese, and, and, and it was not the super high quality, but... There was something about it where I liked the story. I'm not sure if, like, Napoleon Dynamite was aimed at us necessarily, Absolutely but I not, enjoyed no. it. But you could... There was something to relate to, right? With and this, you know... nothing to relate to for me. I mean, I like the old worldy setting, like I said to you, but then I don't appreciate the old worldy setting that features hair gel and makeup and eyeliner and... And that weird, like, modern yeah. attitude all the time. Yeah. Like, like they're just going to whip an iPhone out of the pocket at any point yes. and start texting. <laughs> yes. yeah, that's literally what it's like. And it's hard to, you know, if you're going to do medieval setting and everybody's filthy and it's, it's make do it. it. Make it, yeah, Like yeah. Ridley Scott, like Robin Hood, do but, it. Like, the, pr- you know? the production of it's excellent. I mean, it looks really that's what polished. I said. That's the best part. But it's too polished. But the... CG leaves a lot to be desired. It's also PG-13, so you yeah. can't have... We have moments when there should have been lots of blood, guts, and gore, and there wasn't. But even so, I think they did a good job of making it feel kind of gruesome and scary at points. I disagree. While keeping... Well, you know, we've seen scarier stuff, because we, we've seen R-rated movies, but when you're looking at a PG-13 movie, 
it did do some good. I think it was best when you couldn't see the wolf and it was just jumping at people and killing them. Nah, I felt nothing compelling about that at all. Yeah, I did, but I didn't like it when you could see it. Because when you could see it, it was pretty ropey-like. I know. Um, (laughs) There were some interesting ideas. I liked that elephant. I thought that was a cool thing. That's a real thing. Did you know that? And it wasn't Rome, I don't think. I don't know. But I saw this just recently on on the History Channel. Like, this whole show about ancient weapons of, like, murder, like, death weapons, right? And... It is a real thing. I don't know that it was shaped like an elephant, but that they would put 10 or 12 men in this big iron thing, lock them in, put a fire underneath, and it was the... Right. They would leave them Tell in there. Yeah, I would leave them in there to die. Like, And so when they when he said that, I was like, ooh, that's a real thing. See, and I like the idea of when Gary Oldman's character comes to town, he's with his little procession, and he's got these things with him, and you, you know... Can, without him saying anything, know that he's travelled the world because yeah, yeah, he's got yeah. different nationality people with him. He's but it's also a little too obvious. It is, but it's it's the back. You know, I almost wanted the movie to quit with this village and then let's see his journey. Yeah, let's do another almost, movie. Like, of just because that, that guy. would be cool. Like because he's this guy and you know he's a bad guy and he's obviously seen some things and done some stuff. But you get none of that. He's not necessarily a bad guy though, is he? He thinks he's doing the work of the Lord. But you get none of his. You just get none of it. He just he's just here, and then it's who done it time, and like let's let's you know shoot people. It's shoot really it's well. really not good. I mean, I I don't like to say that, and I'm not one of those people. I was listening to Tom Steve Day the other day, and they were pissing and moaning about people who always try to find the good, and oh, they're one of those people who says, oh, it's just not for me. But well, I tell you right now, when it sucks, it sucks. Well, I don't think it sucks. I don't think it sucks. But I found it utterly boring. To me, and really unentertaining. And the trouble is, it shouldn't be because I like that. I, oh, I, I love that kind of stuff. And actually, the trailer sells it pretty well because it got me interested. And me too. You know, I could say it's like if I see Gary Oldman in something, I'm thinking, oh, that's going to be cool because I love Gary me too. Oldman. But and Amanda Seyfried also, I really like her, and I saw her, and I was like, well, it's got to be pretty good, exactly. right? Exactly. I mean, she's Red Riding Hood, and Gary Oldman's in. There's going to be some depth or something. I mean, even Jennifer's Body, not the greatest movie in the world, and it's not directed at us. But I'm telling you now, it was compelling and yeah, entertaining and interesting, and it had some quirkiness about it. It wasn't great, but I was in this movie while we were watching this to sum it up. By the time I said to you, I need to go pee the first time, I'm going to make a cup of tea, and I did, I took my time. Now, normally, to make a cup of tea, normally, if we're watching a movie and I have to pee, we're both like, oh, we got to pee, and we, we rush to do it and rush right back, right? I was actually thinking to myself, if I was alone, and we weren't watching this together... I would not watch the rest of this movie. And I've never liked that. And it wasn't bad, like, oh my god, this is horrible... I just kept thinking there's so many other things I could be doing. <laughs> yeah, that but I can't not... For me, um, when you say people, like, uh, say that it's... That then people hate it when people say, oh, I mm-hmm. like it for just... Because it's not for me, but this guy is pretty... There's going to be somebody who loves it. It's true. Yeah. This is not... It's not terrible. No. It's good production values. There's good actors. Not actually on the top of the game, but there's good actors in there. Um... 
I think some people could have fun with it, but not not me. I and, tried and, even. And I should have had fun with it because of Red Riding Hood. Just and because I, of yeah, Red Riding Hood. Exactly. I kept trying to get my mind... Like, some movies will just sweep me away. When I watched Sweeney Todd, let, let, I let me, um, swept Let me give you an example. It. Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Yes, you get swept away in it. When you look at the title, Alice in Wonderland... I have an affinity to Alice in Wonderland. Obviously, I read that as a kid. I had it read to me. I saw several different cartoon versions of it. Alice in Wonderland's a fun thing. I want to see it retold. I do want to see it retold. And he retold it, and it was interesting enough, different enough. That's what I expected this to be. Like, somebody's going to make it either horrific... That's what I wanted. Horrific, you know, the red, really bloody... Yeah. That's how it should have been done, I think. I think they should have left the PG-13, made it R-rated, made it more... Or like one of my recommendations, I'll go ahead and say, Sleepy Hollow, where... Isn't that the name of it? With Johnny Depp? Where... It's not necessarily gruesome or anything, but I really enjoyed Tim that Burton one as again. well. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Sweeney Todd. Him again. Where he takes the darkness of the thing. It's not overly gruesome. I mean, Sweeney Todd is gruesome when you think about it, of course. But there's something in every scene... In every bit of dialogue that that I'm just glued to. I can get... Here's the key. I get swept into it where everything disappears and I'm focused. I'm in the moment. I'm in that time period. I'm loving it. Or I'm appreciating it. This, I was sitting in a chair in my living room. I mean, in our theater room waiting for the movie to be over. Now, that is not... <laughs> that's not like... I don't like feeling that way. I, I really tried as well. And like I say, it's... There are people who this will be the favorite movie. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, the it's just diff. It just didn't click with me. And like I say, if it was a R-rated version of Red Red, even that cover where she's sat in the cape and it, the cape's all on the floor, looks like a big pool of blood that she's in. To me, that like um, tells you it should be really dark. How it should be like a like Grimm's fairy tales turned on its head and made like you know Alice in Wonderland the video game where she's oh yeah it's evil. Alice, kind of. It's Alice in Wonderland, the video game. She's a child who's in a mental asylum. And and Wonderland's her psyche, right? That's that's cool. That's dark, yeah. Dark, and that's a good way of retelling Alice. This is not. It's too romanticized. It's it's not... Or make it weird like The Cell, you know, with Jennifer Lopez, where you go in that guy's yeah. mind and it's really fucked up. Like, everything's just weird and tweaked just a bit, where it's not realistic at all. But you're just like, ah. Like, well, like I say, oh. we, we, we're going for PG-13. We're yeah. going for Twilight people. I think it has to be a certain thing. But I don't want to insult people who like Twilight and would watch this and go, what are you talking about? That be, that's terrible. So I don't know if it's... I know. I've it. never watched Twilight. I without. I think they threw too much money at her. I'm going to say without seeing Twilight, I can... From clips and trailers and things that I have seen... I could tell you I probably wouldn't like it. And you like that Kristen Johnston person or whatever her name is, don't you? From a Tony Soprano movie, but she was a dancer. She's in the Twilight movies, right? I don't even know who that is. Yeah, you know, the girl who was the dancer in the movie with, not Tony Soprano, but him. Recently we watched it with the husband and wife. And oh, goes um, yeah. Kristen Johnston. Is that her name? Kristen Johnson? Kristen Stewart? I don't think so. I don't know. I think it is. Anyway, she's in the Twilight movies, yeah, right? I think you like is. her. Yeah, I do. And I like this girl. Yeah. And I really love Virginia Madsen, but like I said... All right, let's move on to the cast. Amanda, <laughs> Amanda yeah. Seyfried is Valerie, a- a.k.a. Red Riding Hood. 
Um, I find her compelling. I really like her. But you said it; she didn't have a lot to work with. No, not at all. And uh, she, you know that she can do the job. It's just... I feel like she wanted to a lot of times with her lines and with the person, like with that dopey kid she was working against with, um, that she really wanted to like make it grittier, and he's just like this stick of wood. <laughs> so I feel like she ha- she has more potential. Gary Oldman plays Solomon. Um, I love Gary Oldman. Yeah, and he, he does, you know... This uh, this Gary Oldman. I mean, you know you're dealing with Gary Oldman. I mean, he he does deliver some cool speeches occasionally. In this movie? Yeah, I thought so. I disagree. He did the speech outside the. He brings something to it, no matter what he, he's in. He, I liked him in Book of Eli, even, um, and that was just like a crazy person. That's what he does best. This person's not really a crazy person. He's kind of crazy. But I do like it. I do like him. Um, but I can't say he, I, I, he improved the movie for me when he came on. And I disagree. I feel like, in fact, because I love him so much and he didn't bring much to it, that made it worse. Right. See, to me, I when he appeared, for the first ten minutes he was on the screen, I was back in the movie again. And then I kind of drifted out. Right, because you were drawn into his yeah, potential into story. Him, yeah, yeah. yeah, that he's bringing these... Interesting. Well, when yeah. he rolls up, it's interesting for a little while. Yeah. And then it's who done it? Yeah. Let's stand and uh, fire crossbows at people. Virginia Madsen, like we said, she's always good. She was fine. Sideways, amazing. She was fine because she didn't have anything outside of what she was. She was a torment. She was the mother of the girl, a little bit tormented. She only had very brief scenes, and every one of them, I was, I was glad to see her because she was to me. The shining part of the movie, even though she was very brief most and of the Julie time. And Julie Christie um, mm-hmm. as uh, the grandmother. She was a little bit ropey for me. Um, and she's amazing, Julie Christie, right? And she's been in show business forever. Um, I didn't like the makeup they'd done on her. Oh, she was all weirded it out. It was kind of like, crappy looking, yeah. Like, like, well, she was made to look like she was um, airbrushed all the time. Yeah, it was funny because she's supposed to be a wrinkly old, old grandmother, yet they tried to make her look not so wrinkly. Glamorous, and her hair was all glamorous yeah, and perfect. which was wrong. You should have just left... I'm not saying she looks like a wrinkly old grandmother. I'm saying they should have made her more like a wrinkly... Because that's the idea of Red Riding Hood's grandmother that I get. Not a glamorous grandmother, like a... So you feel like they're lady. trying to glam it all Yeah, up. I do, yeah. That, and that's part of it, isn't it? We want the Come on, people. Shake loose of that shit. So the director is Catherine Hardwick, who directed Lords of Dogtown, which I really enjoyed that one. Did you ever see that? About the skateboarding. Yeah. It was a documentary, right? No, it was a drama, but it was about real skateboarders. Oh, right. I thought it was a documentary. No, it was really good. I liked it. I think it was Heath Ledger. Mm. In fact, I would say 100% it was. Uh, She did 13, which I did not see. No. And Twilight. She didn't do all the Twilight movies, just the original one. Did we not see 13? No. Which one is that? 13 had um, Tom Cruise's wife in it, I believe. The new one? New wife? Yeah. I mean, what was it? Was it was about drugs, teenage girls on drugs. Oh, no. That's it. Um, but... Oh, I'm thinking of 13th Floor. Yeah, different movie. Yeah, it's totally different. <laughs> but anyway, she's directed movies along the way. Um, this one... Didn't, didn't do, For me, it doesn't do anything. No, and Lords of Dogtown was a really good movie, so she's got potential, this woman. Um, but this glossy thing, maybe she just has to lose that, because Lords of Dogtown was everything but that. Or maybe we're getting too old. Yeah, maybe this is the thing of today, and we're not into the thing of today. Let me get my walker. 
Or what do you call it? A zippy or a zipper? A Zimmer. Zimmer. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> zippy Zimmer. So Blu-ray um, extras on this, uh, it has this lenticular cover, which on one hand shows Amanda Seyfried, and then when you turn it the other way, it looks like the cover from Twilight with the two men. I hate it. <laughs> I like her on it. Do you want my honest opinion? I hate it. I like... Before you get to the extras, when the movie was over, and then we did watch the oh, yeah, other ending. Two versions. There's actually two versions of the movie here. There's I was a- absolutely done. I didn't want to watch an extra. I didn't care about an extra. All right, but we need to... Say- I know, but I'm just saying right. that you're going to explain... I'm not telling you not to explain them. I'm saying that's how... And I'm always interested because I think often, I didn't love the movie, but the extras might help. It didn't help. So there's an alternate cut and a theatrical cut. We watched the theatrical cut, but then we also, we watched the alternate ending. The alternate ending is different, but it doesn't do anything for the... It doesn't make it better or worse. It's it just, sort of states the obvious of something you probably already knew yeah, that I was thinking to myself anyway. And, if, and if, it, if it's trying to hint at a sequel or something, nah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank God we got. I that. think we- this conversation would be so much more interesting if you loved it and I didn't. That, but we both didn't love it, so it's kind of like people are probably like, "Okay, we I get it. You don't like the see, movie." See, for me, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Um, but there again, it's also my middle of the road scale. It's also underneath that. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's not like the bottom of the barrel, and it's not the best movie ever. It's so, below so that middle of the road scale that. Um, Hall Pass that we watched last week where I said it's kind of middle of the road for me this one's underneath that like. <laughs> yeah. and Hall Pass I had fun with so you know it's, it's hard isn't it when you have to work out a scale like what, it is but it's sort of built in your like mind what number do you give this when you do the written review to me it? it's going to give like twos and threes right so it's going to be because to me, five is average. Now, a lot of people disagree with this scale. Ten is like the perfect movie to me, or as close to perfect as you're going to get for a movie-watching experience, potentially life-changing or something like that, right? Then you move down the scale. Five is neutral. I'm neutral. Like it's average. It's in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I did have fun with Hall Pass as well. I think I gave it one notch above. In terms of it doesn't rock me, it's not something that's going to be hugely memorable to me, I don't need to watch it again, but I enjoyed it while I watched it, or I was compelled or something. When you start going down the scale, that means I'm starting to have negative, not just while I'm watching it, but when I try to think back over it, I'm not finding anything redeeming. Right. And the further down you get, the more, like a one, I don't know that we've, well, maybe 10,000 BC. That might have been like a one or a two. It's not that low down on the scale. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not even close to that. But it's like I'm 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 beyond neutral. Two thousand and twelve was pretty low on my scale. And you know, you and I both try to find the positive things in movies because we love movies, right? We're not nitpicking. It's just the overall experience of this one. It's right down there. So uh, yeah, there's a theatrical and there's a alternate cut. In fact, they advertise on the front that it is the alternate cut. So, um, uh, and I say, if you love it, watch them both. Uh, Just the last frame. That's all you really need to <laughs> Literally do. Literally, the last exactly frame. Because it's exactly the same length or the alternate cut. Yeah. So what we did was we watched the whole thing, and then yeah. we went back to the menu, picked the other one, and then we picked the chapters. Just watched and went the, to last the last chapter. chapter. Oh, yeah, the one before the last, credits. Yeah, yeah. and um, that will give you everything that's extra. A love scene that goes on a little bit longer than the one yeah, in the theatre. That was covers. right up the twilight. Yeah, absolutely. Asshole, as far as yeah. I was concerned. Um, so, there's quite a bit of extras on this disc. Um, there's 
Secrets Behind the Red Cloak, which is a picture-in-picture commentary that um, is only available on the theatrical cut, not the extended one. But it, the director, Amanda Seyfried, the guy who you don't like, Silio Fernandez, um, all sit down and do a picture-in-picture commentary on the movie. So if you really love this movie and want all the back, you can have it for an hour and a half. In fact... I'll be very honest, if I were to watch that, there could be something that they say or, or talk about that would make me endear myself to it more. But I'm not even compelled enough to watch it again. There's a bunch of uh, deleted scenes, um, which, like, four of them, which are all pretty not that interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe they would be interesting if we liked this movie. Maybe we would have liked them. Yeah. You know? I would have liked because it's bit. more of the movie, basically. It's just some more scenes that <laughs> could have been in there. <laughs> so, and with our attitude, more wasn't going to be better. There's a gag reel which I've actually <laughs> laughed at a couple of times. There's a lot of falling over in this gag reel yes. and um, costumes getting stuck on doors. Yeah, because they've got flowing robes yeah. and shit hanging off. And they that, kept so that I actually laughed a couple of times at that. But yeah, it's your standard gag reel. Um, there's two music videos, which I refuse to watch music videos, unless it's a song that I really love. I might watch It's probably it. just that scene from the movie where they're dancing, like, There's from Matrix. Them. Was it Matrix 2 or Matrix 3 where they did the mud dancing thing? Yeah, 3, I think. It's like a... Underground. Yeah, where all, they're all yeah. sexy and dancing up sex against each other. Yeah, it was yeah. that, almost. Yeah, pretty much. With that crazy lady with the big hair, though, that was cool. Where she was just standing there, and her hair was all big and weird. Yeah. I like that. And then there's a set of featurettes. Um, what the, there's a bunch of them. But um, they're sit-down, uh, talking head, some on the set stuff. Um, We've really reworked the story. Very We've really reworked the feeling. old story. We've taken an old myth and made it so much more modern. And we've really reworked the I did learn story. about the uh, fairy tale a little bit, though. I bet that they said at least once... We've rebooted the series. Do you think they said we, we're stepping it up a notch? Oh my god. <laughs> or it pops Probably. Up. Do you think they say the red cape pops off the screen? It really pops. Yeah. Oh my god. Probably. So, um, and then there's a digital copy and a DVD version of the movie. And that's, that's your lot. We so, didn't mention that there's telepathy in this movie. Yes. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff in this movie. <laughs> So, I uh, feel really guilty. No, no. In conclusion, I don't mean I don't feel bad about saying like saying my opinion. I feel guilty when I I can't muster up something from a movie that I enjoyed. So, in conclusion, for this movie, for me, I, I would if I had the choice, I wouldn't have watched it to be honest. Me I mean, either. I mean, I did want to watch it because I I was excited about it, but now having seen it. I would rather go back to You know how I feel. I feel like after we're all done that I want to watch a really good movie. (laughs) Yeah, I would rather... Yeah, you know, it's just one of them movies that... I mean, occasionally there are movies that you don't like at all. It's funny that we kind of are in sync on this one as well. Yeah, well, that shows that we're probably right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, thanks to Warner for the Blu-ray and... (laughs) The contest, uh, go to the Skype site and enter a contest, uh, ascoli.com. Next week's Blu-ray, and I'm absolutely excited about this. It's Uh-oh, that's not a good sign. Might be one of my most excited things. Uh, Sucker Punch, next week's uh, Blu-ray, which is Zack Snyder's new movie, Watchmen 300. Okay. Love him. Okay. I think he's fantastic. And, and Watchmen, I think it was my favorite movie of last year. 
So, oh, Watchmen, yeah, yeah. So Sucker Punch. I was thinking right? X-Men for some reason. I'm thinking, what? You didn't love X-Men. <laughs> no, Watchmen. <laughs> right. I love Zack Snyder's visual. He, think of 300, think of Watchmen. Sucker Punch, coming. But is it this... just going to be another of those? Or something well, new? It's Sucker Punch, it's not... I don't know what Sucker Punch is. It's okay. a unique concept. What does that mean? It's not based on a comic, it's not based on a... Oh, right. It's Very a, good. a thing that he's done. Very good. So, yeah, like Watchmen was based on a comic, 300 was based on a graphic novel. This is his thing, so... And, you know, I like his visual style, so I'm very excited to see that next week. Everyone remember that? Yes. We were excited to see Red Robin, Red Robin Hood. <laughs> Red Robin Hood. Uh, movie tagline fun. Oh, yeah, I won't look. All right, I'll give you the uh, movie tagline. Uh, this is a new feature that we do on the podcast each week. You want me to describe what it is? Yeah, all right. One of us, we take turns every week, will offer up a movie tagline. You know, the little quote at the bottom of the poster or on the box. They've been going on for decades and decades, and we've decided, you say a tagline, I have to guess the movie. All the other way around. And so far, after three weeks, neither of us have guessed. All right. And the, the tagline for Red Riding Hood was, uh, who's afraid? Which I actually like. Yeah, it's better than the movie. Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? We get it. All right, so... <laughs> Movie tagline for this week for you. You have to guess it. And don't guess it right away because the audience might like to play this and give them a chance. You know, they might be sat in the car going and then get it right. So the movie tagline for this week is 3% body fat, 1% brain activity. Okay. 3% body fat, 1% brain activity. It's a good one. Legally Blonde? Nope. The people in the car listening now are going... "Ah, ah, ah, ah." 3% body fat, 1% brain activity. Mm -hmm. 1% brain activity. Oh my god. Um, Can you give me a hint? What Mm. year did it come out? It's got to be at least 10 years old. Okay. I don't know the year, but 10 years ago, I'd okay. say. Okay, so 2001, approximately. Mm-hmm. Um, 3% body fat, 1% brain activity. I do not know. Ben Stiller's Zoolander. Oh, God, I would never have guessed that. <laughs> but now when you think about it. Uh, yes. <laughs> Very appropriate. Yes, definitely. So Another movie I didn't love. But if I watch it again, we'll see. It's actually... It's actually not great, but there is. It's, it wouldn't be like this one. It's got that wackiness about yeah, it. Yeah, that's what it is. And a sentiment, right? Because his movies have sentiment. I don't. I don't ever recall that one having any sentiment. I think it was just wacky. Was it? it seemed pretty wacky to me. All yeah. I thought it was about like being having no value, only being judged on what you look like and all I think, that stuff. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. That's a good one, Hayes. Movie recommendation, so the uh, thing hasn't been broken. The, uh, we still haven't got one of those. Is that our challenge each week, to see if the other person can't get it? Yes. Okay. I'll always make it super... Well, I don't think that was super hard. I wouldn't have dredged it up, that's for sure. I think my guess was really good, Legally Blonde's a good guess. She has more than 1% yeah, brain power, that's why I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, that's why I was thinking. She's really smart, and yet she's... Okay. Alright, so um, movie... That rec- was fun. Movie recommendations for this week. I'm going for a better werewolf movie, an American werewolf in London, which we did review on Blu-ray and it was awesome. Okay, let me just correct you. I don't think it's an awesome. I don't think it's awesome because no, it's got some pretty. I think it's pretty awesome. Low, 
little quality about it, it's but very, we love it. It's funny as hell. We love it. What, yes. What's great about it is it's really funny and quite horrific yep, at the same and time. And very compelling and yeah. all that. Yeah, And very British. You know? <laughs> well, that's not what makes it good. Yeah. Even though it's made, made by John Landis, who's not British, right? Correct. He's a, but it, has, it feels like a British movie. Because it's in London. But, I mean, it feels like a British movie. Like, the comedy is British. Really? It's, yeah, to me it is. Like, a 70s British movie. Hmm. I remember... I think it's awesome. And my second one is The Brothers Grimm. Okay. Which, obviously, ties in with this movie quite well. Heath Ledger, Matt Damon. Yeah. I don't remember it being great, so I don't know what you I've, were saying. I don't, it is such a pretty good. I um, I think if you watched it again, you would say it's I not wouldn't great. say great, but I would no. say a good recommendation. It's not well stuck together, was what I remember. It's some weird. It's con- pretty interesting, though. Yeah, and, and my recommend. Oh, go ahead. To tell the story of those two guys who you know all their stories, but not the guys. It's fictional, though. It's not yeah, but really. I like a, to devise a story around those guys. Yeah, and mine are, as I said before, Sleepy Hollow. Because I, I really do enjoy that movie. I hadn't watched it for a long time. Christina Ricci and uh, Johnny Depp. And it's got that creepy, woodsy, backward village kind of attitude. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Ah, nutbag. <laughs> Always the nutbag. Yep. No, he doesn't come in often. Is he? He's just the crazy horseman guy. Yeah. Um, and my other one is, because I wanted to think of a movie that I found Gary Oldman very and uh, is Bram Stoker's and it has its fair share of cheese that movie oh yeah totally it's It's not great I mean I'm not saying it's great no 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 no. it's not like um, you feel I feel now when I watch it I feel like it's quite melodramatic as well so it has these elements and I don't like Keanu Reeves uh, and I don't like Winona Ryder that much but there are these moments in it that I'm it really harkens back to like 20s and 30s movies and that's what I really like about was, it. Yeah, it's got know, the was, weird flowing gowns and the weirdness out in the fog. And I think that was that, his idea, wasn't it? To make yeah. a... It heralded back to that but it was a little bit more modern. But still, it... it yeah, and I do... Well, if I want to pick a really... One of my favorite Gary Oldman movies, of course, is... Leon. Leon and uh, Fifth Element. Those are the best. But, and yeah. those are both Luke Basson movies. He, Correct. <laughs> Gary needs to go and work. Where he plays a crazy person, again, yeah. both times, but... No, it's literally the same it is, yeah. performance, but in a different set. Do we have any Gary Oldman movies where he's just... Oh, what else is he a bad guy in? True Romance. Fucking awesome. Book of Eli. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that, to me, is just him taking the other characters and It's pretty brief as well. But True Romance, he plays a complete prick and he's not even in it very long was he it no nil by mouth was his sister him, and he directed it right oh right yeah yeah that is that i know he's awesome. not in that that's an awesome but movie. ray winstone's in that it, that's fucked that's up. a dark movie but yeah. with the reality his sister is in that right yeah yeah it's mad that one there's, there's, more, there's, there's more recommendations i think for that it. might <laughs> be the only movie gary oldman directed nil by mouth yeah very british obviously very dark <laughs> very dark um, so yeah, that's movies uh, section of the show concluded for this week. Games and Ace Scully stuff. What have you been playing this week? Do remember? I've been playing Legend of Zelda 3D Correct. on the 3DS. Um, so Legend of Zelda's 25th anniversary. I said last week I haven't played Ocarina of Time. I have been playing it all week. I'll be playing it more for as the weeks go on because it's big, you know. And um, it's fantastic. But let me just say, games are not the same now as they used to be. 
as in games hold your hand a lot more now oh yeah I was just going to say they're easier easier and everything is mapped out go there do that go there do that it's, there's not really much left for you to figure out games back then they don't tell you very much so often in Legend of Zelda what I've been playing so far I have no idea where to go there's no hints to tell me where to go I just gotta figure it out myself and do you like that? I like it but I'm because this movie was I mean this game was made when? Nintendo 64 days so at least 15 years ago okay so this game you're actually talking about has been reworked a bit for the 3DS but it's the same game same game yeah and now, if you were playing a modern... Like when you played the cel-shaded um, Legend of Zelda. It's more hand-holdy. Right. So hand-holdy it's go to the castle, do this, go there. But this one... Or like Grand Theft like, Auto where it says, go meet this guy. And then you've got a map and you've got a go. thing. and yeah, It's all laid out for you. Well, this one isn't. It's like, here's your open... It's, it's an open world game. It's a big open world. You, you know. But it there's not really an order you have to do things in either if you want to do this dungeon here and then that one it doesn't matter it's not like this one's open for you to do when you've done it then this one will open it's like they're all open figure your own thing out right now I'm kind of stuck at the moment I'm at a door that I can't open I don't know what I'm supposed to have to open it I have to think about it, you know? I'm trying not to look at any walkthroughs or but anything. that's a good thing. Because that spoils it, you know? That also could be why games used to last so long. And I think, you know, back in the day, 15 years ago, when you played Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time on your N64, you couldn't go to the internet to look up where to go. You were, If you were a kid, sat You playing, could buy the book, though. You would have had to go and get the book. Or, and there was no internet. That's what I mean. You would have sat there, figured it out, right? And that was it was that was part of it. Like it was harder to figure stuff out. But I'm saying, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying I have noticed that games have changed. Everything is go there, go here. Do you need a hint? Go there. There's your hint. Look yeah. at the map. Something's flashing. Go to the flashing thing. That's what games are nowadays. I dumb down like hand holding. <laughs> yeah, but I don't always. Yeah, I know. and you feel a lot more. Um, I didn't know where to go and I got something and then I had to use use an item on a certain spot. I had to figure that out, right? There was a kind of a hint to tell you to do it, but it was in cryptic. Somebody was saying something to you. I had to think about it and then when I did it and and something happened, I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. What was that game recently that everybody, Cheapy D and you and other people even said... You're working really hard at these things, and every time you do it, you feel like you've really accomplished something. It wasn't Nelle Noir. Um, I forget what it was, but everybody had that same attitude. Portal. Too. Yes, Portal. Yeah, that you, you figure it out. Yeah, and, then, and, it and it's not told to you what to do necessarily. No, and and this is like that. I had that moment of like, oh, you And do you feel that. real satisfied at every, every yeah, time. Yeah, and then you think... I'm really satisfied that I did that, but I bet there's 50 more of those in here. <laughs> right. So you'll always, you know, get... A, it's a really good game. i got to say, it's a good game. It's, they've really upgraded the graphics. The 3D is really good. The music is awesome. I can understand why that game won a lot of awards for music because the Zelda theme tune is kind of ingrained in everybody, I think. <laughs> you know, I mean... I don't know it. I think if I played it, you'll have heard it. Maybe. Um, you know, so... Yeah, this is Legend of Zelda. Is it worth buying a 3DS for? If you're a Zelda fan, absolutely. If you're like me and you've never played Ocarina of Time, it's probably the best way to play it. It's the most modern version. There's 
because it has the two screens, the 3DS. They on the one of the um, things that people said was bad about the N64 version was inventory was really hard to manage because you had to flip to this screen, you had to arrange things, and then you had to if you wanted to do something, you had to go to that screen, press it, and then go back to the main screen. Well. You've got that second screen with all the inventory on it all the time. I was just going to say, wouldn't you rather play it on a big TV screen? But maybe no. with the new, um, maybe with the new thing for the Wii U, where you've got the big pad in your hand, but it's on a big screen. You know, I mean, wouldn't be I couldn't play it on a big screen. It's on the Wii, this game. Oh um, yeah. But I wanted to play it on the 3D, and I wanted to play it with all the new enhancements. Not the this this is not the N64 version because they've redone the graphics completely. Like, redrew everything. So it doesn't look 10, 15 years old. It looks modern. You saw it. I showed mm-hmm. you it. It looks really good. Um, so, yeah, that's Zelda 3D. The other game I've been playing this week is quite the opposite to Zelda. <laughs> yeah. And that would be uh, Shadows of the Damned, which is EA's new... Well, it's hard to describe this. It's Suda51, who's the guy who made um, No More Heroes, and... What else did Suda51? Resident Evil? No. Oh. Suda51 also did Killer7, which was also bananas. <laughs> um, he makes these crazy Japanese games that are... Oh, a Mad World. Games that are, like, out of the sphere of everything else. He has his own unique... He's like trying to be realistic, and he's not trying to be necessarily over the top, but it falls in between there. Yeah. And then Shinji Mikami, who's the creator of Resident Evil. Um, oh, that's where It's I a go. collaboration between these two guys. So they're giants in the Japanese game biz. And they're also rivals of sorts who came together to for a project. Which is Shadows of the Damned. Which is hard to explain. Alright, I'll explain it. Oh, you want me to? Because I watched it. Alright, go on. You're a guy. You're a guy called... What's his name? <laughs> oh, I don't know. His, his name is... And he has a middle name. Yeah. Garcia fucking Hotspur. Okay. That's Garcia Hotspur. He's a... Um, Spanish or Mexican? I don't know. I can't. He's got. It sounds like uh, um, Antonio Banderas to me. Yes, yeah, Spanish. So that's kind of. I Mexican. don't know what that is. He's Mexican, Antonio. Not sure. Cuban. I don't know. Puerto yeah. Rican, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean to be disrespectful, and but I don't know the accents very well. Um, he's a guy. Girlfriend's been kidnapped by some demon thing with the big hand that keeps coming out, and you get going into the darkness, out of the darkness. That's all I know. Girlfriend, <laughs> at the beginning of the game, he's in his apartment. He opens his bedroom door because his girlfriend's screaming. She's hung from the ce- she's hung from the ceiling fan. Dead. Dead. But screaming. No, not screaming anymore. Dead. Oh, okay. She was screaming, and then she's hung from the. He's like, "What the hell? She committed suicide? What? These demons start coming out of her body, like flopping on, the- and then this big demon comes, and he says." You're going to suffer. I'm going to take your girlfriend. She's going to die over and over again. I'm taking her to hell. Um, She's going to suffer. And then he jumps out of the window. This uh, demon guy with the girlfriend in his stomach. She's poking out of his stomach saying, help me, help me. And then you jump after him down into hell. And the game is a series of you trying to rescue your girlfriend. So why is he tormenting you? Don't know yet. Trying to rescue your girlfriend from hell. From this guy, Fleming is called. That's his um So when you get to hell, it's just normal, like these streets and buildings and stuff that I've been seeing. It's all kinds of stuff, yeah, but yeah. But it, I mean that's hell. Kinda looks like Victorian England 
<laughs> um, I feel like it looks like a Western, like an old Western set in like the 17th, 18th like century. Lan- like is Lan- that Victorian? Lantern, yeah. Lanterns yeah. and um, well, there's like a stucco streets. buildings and stuff. But that's hell. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it turns darkness. Now, what yeah, level of like hell a, is that? There's a gaming mechanic where there's darkness and there's light in hell. And if you can create light, then the demons can't survive there. But if it's really dark, they can. So he explains that goat heads, if you can see a goat head somewhere and you shoot it with a light gun, you'll cast light to send the demons away. It's all this weird. Yeah. They explain that strawberries are the hell fruit in real life. You should never eat strawberries because they are de- demons love strawberries. And, and then there's little baby crying faces on gates everywhere. That's that it. What those are are babies who have died and gone to hell. Right. What they have to do for their first hundred years in hell is be a gate keeper. keeper. Yeah. So they're just a baby's face shoved into a gate. It's kind of... It's all... It's horrible <laughs> when you say it it sounds like a crazy person you have to feed the babies strawberries or brains they love stra- you have to find brains, brains sometimes or, yeah um there's crazy bosses but that- then like the game the graphics like when you pick up something or grab something or something happens it it's not it's sort of like comic booky looking there's lots of colors and like when you do grab a strawberry there's like a lot of neon graphic that floats around it's not it's like very video uh, gaming yeah very um yet graphic at the same time bloody because when you the shooting mechanic is like you've got a gun and it's called the boner oh yeah and then when it's upgraded it's called the hot boner i don't find the gun very funny he keeps talking to you but oh that's johnson your sidekick i find um, really obnoxious i think it's a tribute to portal because there's a there was a poster on the wall that was like a portal poster with johnson in it did they make portal no but I think they liked Portal. But um, yeah, he's your sidekick. He's a skull. He was a demon also who turned good. Oh, okay. Um, but he's your friend on this journey. as They call it their road trip. Um, road movie, they call it. I find him a little too corny. but And that's his, That's the yeah. idea. That's Pseudo-51's... He is very corny. Uh, Pseudo-51's sense of humour is like a... Eight-year-old who finds, like, hot boner funny. Yeah, or maybe a 15... Well, anywhere from 15 to 40-year-old man. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but, I mean, that that's the level of humour. It's hot boners, it's firing your wad. That's the special thing that that gun shoots. It's... I don't know, there's all kind of... What, what, what was it that was really, really weird in it? <laughs> the girlfriend's running around wearing a lingerie... And he says that he bought her that lingerie and he's like, she doesn't look so hot in it anymore. You know, it's weird, like, um, Mm -hmm. sexual undertones to everything. Um, Which was very similar in No More Heroes. And Duke Nukem Forever or whatever. Yeah. Duke Nukem. Is it Duke Nukem? Yeah. Yeah. But, for some reason, this one just looks not classy. No. But tolerable. And Garcia swears all the time. He drinks. Uh, (laughs) Another Sometimes thing. When, yeah, when you drink your sake, yeah, it gives you energy. Fuck it! And he throws yeah. the glass on the ground. And he drinks um, tequila and absinthe. And sake. Because what we find out is in hell, um, alcohol is health. Fabulous. They explain, uh, Johnson explains that to you. So yeah, it's bananas, it's crazy, it's it really enjoyable. Well. It seems to work well. Yeah, there's a level that is a tribute to the Evil Dead. Right. It actually features the cabin from the Evil Dead. Um Exactly like the cabin. Does it have the Book of the Dead? It has the fireplace with the book in it. It has the shutter 
um, trap door with the zombie girl inside it. See, that's wacky. Yeah, Evil Dead shows. Yeah, or movies are. Wacky. Yeah, and this is like the Evil Dead. Right, wacky, right. You know. So um, I highly rate it. It's funny because it came out of nowhere. Don't play it with the kids. Around. No, it's not a kid. No, it's not a kid. Not thing. even around. Don't even let kids around because it's pretty vile for kids. It is, but it's absolutely. There's no, no blood about it. Don't let little kids watch. No, it. not for little kids. But it's absolutely knows it what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. Um, self referential or whatever they call it. Um, I really like it. I I. I like you say, I don't find all the jokes funny, but I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. And, you know, you literally roll your eyes at some of the stuff they'll say, and you'll be like, you know, it's not necessary, maybe. But the bosses but seem good, and it seems like it's challenging, it's crazy bosses. but it's not super... It's hard sometimes. It's fairly hard, yeah. Um, there's puzzles involving this light and dark thing, as you saw with mm-hmm. the swamp and... The enemies are very similar to Resident Evil's shambling kind of zombie enemies. Uh, obviously, yeah. it's the Resident Evil guy, you know, made the shooting mechanic part of it. You mean like thing. the thugs who are just at you, after you all the time. But the yeah. big bosses are good. The big like. bosses are insane. There was one that, that was a guy with a harmonica. Sh- oh, yeah. He swallowed a harmonica and died. But then when he come back to life, every time he breathes, the harmonica goes... <laughs> makes the harmonica noise. So... What's awesome in the gameplay of that is the boss is chasing you, but you can, can't see him because he's behind you, right? So in gameplay terms, it's very hard to figure out like where he is, how close he is. But the harmonica gets, because he's breathing and running, right. it gets faster and louder the nearer he is to you. So it actually works as like a gameplay cue. So it's interesting. Um, there's these storybooks in the game, which is possibly the best part of the game. Occasionally you find a storybook on a plinth. And then Garcia reads you the story, and it can be a story that lasts ten minutes. Oh, really? But he just reads it, and there's pictures in the book. Now, he can't read very well, so his delivery of the book <laughs> is hilarious, because he can't read words. He's, he's, do you know, like, when we watch The Amazing Race, and they have to read, yeah. like, well, the country, uh, like, go to Czechoslovakia, and they say, they say it wrong. Czechoslovakia. He does this on purpose during the book, but it's like he, because he's not supposed to be that bright, so he... right. So he reads these stories really funny, and the stories are hilarious. You have to experience them for yourself, but um, they've been my favourite part so far. There's only been two of them. I'm assuming there's more further on. So is this game like a surprise? Kind yeah, of absolutely. Thing? I knew it was coming out, and I knew Suda51 was teaming with him to make a game, but I hadn't really followed its progress. And then when it did come out last week, I was like, um, wow, I didn't know that was due yet. I thought it was Christmas time. So, yeah, I recommend it highly. It's uh, The only thing I wouldn't recommend it for is I don't think it'll be... After you've finished it, and I believe it's about nine hours long, there's not much reason to go back and play it again. Right, why would you? Well, there isn't a New Game Plus or a... What does that mean? Well, when you finish a game, Resident Evil included, you can start a new game and you keep all your stuff from the that you've upgraded... And you can go to to get achievements or to go for a better score or a time or a time attack or something. There's none of that. Yeah, but I think you wouldn't want... This one's too much. Once you would go back and do these things again, they wouldn't be funny anymore. It wouldn't be interesting Mm -hmm. anymore, right? It would all be used up. Like, you get something new every thing. See, I want to say, like, it's like a nine-hour game and I'd want to say, oh, it's probably best as a rental. But I also want to encourage people to buy a game like this because these games don't get made... But it's pretty pricey for nine hours. I mean, if you don't buy it, 
and EA backed this game, right? And it's a Japanese release made game and they brought it to here. They won't bring other games to Correct. here because they people didn't buy them. So I, I kind of encourage people to buy it. Do you get what I'm saying? But if millions and millions of people rent it. I don't know if that helps. Does it? They're still making money. Yeah, because I guess Netflix or, I mean, Gamefly <laughs> have to buy copies of it and then... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's better if you buy it for them though, isn't it? So, um, yeah, that's Shadows of the Damned. Um, this week, Tuesday, we've got um, the new... Bl- this is out of the blue. The new Black Ops map pack, Black Ops Annihilation. Now, I think this is this Call of Duty Black Ops. I think this is the only time ever Call of Duty has had three map packs. Because they normally quit after two and then there'll be a new Call of Duty game. Well, this is the third. Um, and I did calculate how much that... That actually means... We bought Black Ops in November. I have played it every day. You almost. do? And I... With very few exceptions. Today uh, will be an exception. I'll probably have a game. You will? <laughs> after I've well, I'm mixed this dinner. podcast. Yeah. Um, but there's been three map packs, and the map packs cost $15 a piece, right? So I have paid $45 on... Um, I will have paid $45 on map packs. Plus the game at $60. So I have paid over $100 for Black Ops. While that sounds like a lot of money, if you calculate that down to how many hours of gameplay I've had out of that in a year, that's got to be cents an hour, right? It's not very much. It's the, no, most, val- it's the most value you could get out of anything entertainment-wise, right? I'm not sure if the tout should be valued, though, to be honest. but I, I, I think it's, it feels like, oh, you know, well... You know, they they charged me the 60 for the game and then they got me on the map packs. Well, considering how long I've played it, and it does keep a total of how long you've played it, and I have played it for 230 hours <laughs> since November. How many? 230 divided by 24. That's 100 days? Yeah. About? Yeah. Which is uh, out of your whole... If you year. smashed it all together. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a- that can't be right. Yeah, it can be right. A third of the year? Yeah, but you don't play a third of every day. Play two to three hours a night when I play? I guess maybe my math is wrong. (laughs) Maybe. But anyway, I I find it, you know, I feel like, oh, no, they get you on these map packs, but... And you don't have to buy them. You don't have to, and the amount of gameplay I've had out of them. um, I'm excited that there's another map pack, and it's on Tuesday. I think this will be the last Black Ops map pack, because... Modern Warfare 3 is out in November and that's not really that long away, is it? Um, TV shows that are new this week that we are going to be watching. Um, True Blood is back on HBO tonight. Yeah. And Top Gear is also back on BBC. Um, <laughs> Very similar, those two shows. They both begin with a T. And they have two words in the title. And one's British, one's American. Um, so those two are back this week. Um, exciting. Uh, Torchwood is back in two weeks. Not excited. Well, we'll see how it goes. You know, I am. Anything um, to do with Doctor anything Who? Anything that anything gets changed, I'm always skeptical. So we'll see. I'm not like you. I don't have that precipitatory or what's the when you're anticipation. The anticipation is part of the experience. I don't have that for things like TV shows because it can always go horribly wrong. And then if you've been anticipating and excited, and then it's kind of the shitty. only thing for me is uh, Russell T Davies is still in charge of Torchwood. Uh, directing and producing the right. show. Um, the only thing I'm worried about is obviously it's an American production now and not a British one. Um, and? 
Americans do things differently to British people. Correct. Uh, in TV, in the world of TV. That's correct. It's, it's absolutely night and day between the two. Hopefully, they keep the British edge to it and don't fully roll it over into an American glossy 24-style sexy show. I've never seen 24, but you did like The American Office. Not as it, much as the British one. True, but I mean, it wasn't horrible. Not horrible. The best conversion of a British thing I've probably seen. Hmm. You know? Because it kept it kept the idea of and the kind of thing, but... Yeah. The humour's different. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And what have you got? What's for dinner this week? What is for dinner? Tonight is our basic veggie burger, french fries, peas, and some of these... The veggie burgers are just morning star. You can choose whether you want a griller or a veggie burger. And these are Amy's vegetarian baked beans. And they sounded really delicious with the burger and Should fries. Mention about Amy's vegetarian baked beans that tomorrow is what? No meat Monday? Um, Some... yeah. Well, I mean, it's not official, what is that? I don't think. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing that a lot of restaurants and I think some American food is that just council... Once a year? No, no, it's every Monday oh, every. that people have been trying to implement that even if one day a week you don't eat meat or meat products, that A, it could be better for your health just to avoid the fats and whatnot, and then it just cuts down one day of using up that Less kind of resources. in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, not everyone will agree with that philosophy, but you and I don't eat meat anymore. We don't have an agenda. We just don't eat meat anymore. And these beans happen to be vegetarian and vegan. And, and Heinz baked beans are also Yeah, you looked up Heinz and they have no dairy or egg or any vegan. sort of... The thing is, when you start looking for dairy or egg or any other kind of products, you don't even realize, or elements, ingredients, you don't even realize that some things you would have no... Like a veggie burger. Uh, we eat Morningstar burgers. Veggie burgers, what they're called. They actually have... A derivative of egg white and a derivative of milk. Yes. So they're not vegan, but they're not made of meat, but they still have this trace amounts of some kind of animal thing. Which it's interesting people... to me because you know when you say baked beans and I say baked beans, baked beans to me have always been Heinz baked beans in Britain. Mm-hmm. And then when you say I said to you oh, Heinz baked beans, they're uh, vegan, and you're like, no, no, they probably have meat fat in them. And I and to, to me, the pork fat thing's an alien concept. Um, because for us, baked beans are made with, or at least in my family. Um, no, not use, just your family. Cans I know, saying, of them, even. I know, but I'm saying, in our, you know, everyone's different. Some people make their own beans. But for us, historically, you use pork and beans out of a can. So pork and beans is, it's like your baked beans, but it's made with pork fat. And more brown sugar, I think. No, not in the pork and beans. Oh. Not at all. Then to make your... Um, baked beans like my mother would do she would saute some onions um in some butter or margarine in a pan like finely chopped up and then you add the brown sugar and you add a bunch of ketchup and then you put in your beans and then you bake it for a really long time the pork and beans mixed in there so it's sweet and kind of excuse me tomatoey but mostly sweet brown sugary and then of course we have baked beans and weenies which are baked beans with hot dogs but these are have none of that, and I'm really anxious to taste them. I think they'll taste fine. I that's think they'll what taste delicious. Yeah. So that's our dinner. And peas, of course, with the fries and the veggie burger. And then what else is on my thing? Um, you wanted to, you tried to show me some cat video earlier, and, you know, I can pretend in this world of people who, <laughs> no offense, guffaw at every fucking video that they see that has a hint of comedy to it. 
I don't find them interesting at all. <laughs> it was a cat standing up. Come I on. don't care. It doesn't. I look at it and I'm like, okay, a, okay. It was acting like a human. My life can go on without it. It doesn't amuse me. It doesn't compel me. Like it takes it. something really hardcore that taps into something in me. And you even said it a few weeks ago. I said something like, maybe I don't have a sense of humor. And you said, well, no, I don't think you do. And I, I guess I just feel like, you know, it's a, it's like a carrot on a stick. You dangle some shit in front of a group of people and everybody stares at it. Like, I want to be part of the group and laugh like everybody else. I don't, I, if I don't have it in me, I'm not going to giggle. I could watch cat videos all day. I'm funny, just saying. Funny cat videos. If other people are out there and you're at work and some everybody's gathered around, in my mind, this weird YouTube thing people might do at work and go, ha ha ha, look at this cat standing up. Ha ha ha, look at this kid falling off the washer. Whoa. And everybody's like giggling and you're standing in the back thinking to yourself, what? You guys are a bunch of idiots. Like, what is what is so funny that you are not alone? Because I am out here in the world with you. And if we want to put up our hands and say, yes, we have no sense of humor, that's fine. It is pretty funny. It isn't. And the other thing is that recently, in the last uh, few weeks, we've been having episodes of our doorbell going crazy. Like, da-dum, 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 da-dum. And then we get to the door and there's nobody. And this has happened multiple times of an evening. It's happened a couple of afternoons. I think it's listeners of After the Show who hate it. <laughs> Give me a shit. And it's sort of random, but then it happened a few times in one day, you said. It happened and you three have times seen, on Friday night. You've heard a couple of kids, and then you saw kids one time, right? Suspecting it was the neighbor kids. Today it did it. Kids. Today I heard it. The doorbell went off and off and off. I went to the door real quickly, and I opened the door just ever so slightly, and I looked to my right... And I just saw these two little tiny faces peek out beside their behind from behind their retaining wall next to their driveway. If they were clever, they'd have gone to the left and looked around that wall because you wouldn't have looked that way first. You looked away the door. Yeah, over. they're not clever. Yeah, uh, they're children. <laughs> and uh, as I will tell the story, one of them is not a particularly bright child anyway. Um, so I'm like, okay, and I was pissed. I'm like, you know what? To be honest with you, I was an obnoxious kid. No doubt about it. I was very mouthy. I loved getting in conversations with adults. And I was very snotty and very center of the universe kind of a kid. However, I was not a prankster. I was not a jokester. And I didn't have a sense of humor then, just like I don't have a sense of humor now. And these are like six-year-olds, right? Seven, I think six, seven, eight years old, maybe. I wasn't like that. I wouldn't go and play a joke on somebody. I wouldn't pick on somebody. I wouldn't ring on your doorbell and run away. I didn't pull chairs out from underneath people. None of that shit. Because I didn't like children. I don't particularly like children now as a whole. I like individuals, but not as a whole. The behavior, you know. I wasn't a jokey kind of kid. I wasn't funny. I guess I still am not. So I'm like, that's it. I'm pissed off about this. A, if they wake me up when I'm sleeping in the daytime or evening before I go to work, I'll be extremely pissed off. So, I, got my, I was in my pajamas still. I got my clothes on, put my sandals on, put my hair up. And I, I'm like, I'm going over there. And you're like, oh, great. I don't think you thought I would. I went over there. I knocked on the door. And the, well, the I see the mother coming down the stairs. And before she gets to the bottom of the stairs, she yells at the kids. Did you pick up that stuff I told you to pick up? I think she thought I was coming over to complain because their toys, yeah, their toys are always laying like on our yard on that side. I don't care about that at all. I don't care if they play in our yard as long as they don't get hurt. I don't care about that. We can lay their toys over on their yard if we mow. They're kids. Let them play, right? And I'm like, she came out and she kind of she's like, hi. And I said it was not about the toys. And she's looking at me funny. And I said, 
um, we just noticed, and it just now happened, that our doorbell's been ringing a lot. And she just opened the door immediately and yells these two names at these boys. And the door had been closed, right? The whole front door was closed as we were talking. She opens the door and yells at them. And here come these two little dudes. The front one was her son, and then the second one was, like, another neighbor kid. And uh, they're coming down the stairs, and the neighbor, other neighbor kid shrugged his shoulders and he goes, I didn't do it. I didn't ring the doorbell. And she looked at me like, he's just basically confessed with no reason whatsoever. And they come down, and she starts like, she wasn't yelling at him or anything, but she's like, why have I told you about doing this? And she pointed at the other kid and said, you better go home right now. So he, like, toddles off. And then the son was standing there, and he didn't have a shirt on. He had, like, on these uh, swimming trunks. And he kept, like, fiddling with these trunks. And he's like, oh, I don't know. We were just playing ball over there. And, 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 and she goes, oh, really? And did the ball ring the doorbell? Is that what you're telling me? He's like, uh, no. And he, like, scratched his head. And he was looking down. And he was all nervous. And I said, I'm not mad about ringing the doorbell. But I do sleep um, a lot of times in the daytime. And she kind of admonished him, you know, and, blah, 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 and she's like, go in, go inside right now. I don't want to talk to you right now. He goes in. She goes, my daughter, they have a young daughter who we have another funny story about. <laughs> she went out in the backyard that one day, remember? And she was just crying, like screaming, crying. And the mother's like, come inside. What are you doing? And she's just screaming and crying. I'm not sure how functional they are as a family, yeah. but she's very pleasant. The mother lady. So anyway, she goes, my daughter has told me that they do this thing they call ding dong and dash. And she goes, and she pointed around the neighborhood and she goes, I have a feeling they've probably been around. And I said, look, I'm not mad about it. I'm just, it's kind of irritating and it happens a lot. Um, It's been happening more and more. So, and then I came back home and I have a feeling it won't happen again, but I was a little bit. We know where to go. I was a little bit afraid because the father of that family is sounds like a real dickhead. He yells a lot and he's real. Uh, he's real mean, like to the dog. He yells at the dog really bad, and so I was a little nervous. But I just thought, you know what? Fuck it. I got to do something, or they're gonna do it all the time. And I don't like children who do that shit. I do not. I don't care whose children. If your kids do it. They're not being funny and cute. They're being obnoxious. So, that's it. That's the neighbor kid story. So, if you want to come by and ring ding along, ding dong and dash, <laughs> we might put a little electric shock in our yeah, doorbell. Let's do that. <laughs> but then the federal, not a little electric shock. Then the UPS one. man would never come back. Jesus, Jesus, <laughs> yeah. Is no it? one will ever. <laughs> we'll go out there one day, and the UPS man will be stood there, frozen, On like the floor electrocuted. In a pile of piss. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny. So then another thing is that um, just encouraging people. The other night I bought this different brand of pretzel sticks from the store. They're like organic or something. They have flaxseed in them. You know, and I, buy, I try something like that about Stale. every week. Stale they tasted. Sticks. Did you ever taste one? Yeah, so I left I, them I, here. I did try one. It tastes stale. It does. I think it was just bad. Once you get into them. So I um, emailed, went to the company's website, emailed the company, got a note back, and they were apologizing. And they ask you for, like, their code numbers and stuff, and they gave them all that. And what's really funny is then they're like, we'll send you a coupon so you can get yeah, another bag. And I wrote back and said, I'm not really interested. I mean, I understand that one bag out of a million. It's gross once you've... I'm turned off by it. Just like we had curry from the new place the other day, and then I immediately got sick, and I feel like... And I did not. I know, but in and my mind, in my mind, it was like a direct result, and um, it really turns me off. Not of our normal place. Well, if I went to McDonald's and there was a cockroach in my burger, I'd never go again. Well, there was no cockroach in my curry, but I, I got I'm, I'm very saying, I'm sick to my stomach. I'm not saying there was. Stomach. I'm saying if there's a bad experience. Yeah. 
I wouldn't go again. Even though there's very highly... There's no chance of it happening again, probably. Yeah. I just wouldn't go. But I encourage people, if you get something that's shitty, and just tell them. I mean, nothing may happen, but... Mostly you'll get a coupon. And I do know that if I went back to Hy-Vee and said it were back, they would give me get my money, money back, yeah. yeah. But I think I threw away the receipt, but... um. And then, other than that, I've got the meaning of life, which is uh, don't have a sense of humor and complain about everything, and uh, animal videos are not cute. So yeah, that's the meaning of life. That goes along with the no sense of humor. <laughs> you, you poor man. You're married to this woman who has no... <laughs> I have no joy. No, it's not true. I'm very joyous, but not about those things. All right, so thanks for listening to the show. This is uh, After the Show, number 178. Um, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to... Remind you about our website, ascully.com and sidtalk.com. You can catch us both on Twitter. I'm at ascully, you're at sidtalk. Um, you can catch us on Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. Catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, if you're an iPod person. And, well, we have an RSS feed. Just go to ascully.com, subscribe anywhere you like. What do you twit? Tweet. What Just random thoughts. In the thoughts week. or links or what? Links, interesting things I find, funny things that happen to me. Like, the doorbell keeps ringing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife has no sense of humor. <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, I tweet not a ton, maybe once a day. I think I have my YouTube and something else set up to automatically tweet things. You know, like if I'm on Etsy right, I and think I favorite you do, something. Because I see those links. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. You can email feedback to me at aschoolyatascoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk because uh, she has no sense. Of she doesn't want you to ring the doorbell on her. <laughs> Don't ring my email. Do bell. not ring the doorbell on her electronic mail. <laughs> and I want to say, stay classy, Gary Oldman, and choose a better movie next time <laughs> to be in. Thank you. Very nice. And I'm gonna say, think for yourself, everyone. Because if you don't do it, other people are going to make you think that cat videos are funny. So think for yourself or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>